Look at somebody beside you and say, I'm good to, it's glad to be here today. I'm just so glad to be outside, you know, right? And good to be outside and good to be here. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks really everybody for coming this morning. And then also for those of you joining us online, uh, we just pray that God blesses you and uh, really just ministers to you. To, and in any way we can just preach the word or share or just encourage you, uh, we pray that you be encouraged today. Amen. It's so good to see Brother Neil and Sister Sue back from way, way, way back. Amen. And the vacation. Amen. How many believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for, amen, knowing him and the opportunity that I have to know the Lord. Amen. It's so amazing and so good. And uh, we're just excited about really just being able to share the next couple weeks and really just be here and be in church and such a wonderful time of the year. Uh, this time, Palm Sunday is today and then, of course, uh, Good Friday and Easter. And what a wonderful time for us to acknowledge our Savior. What a wonderful t time of the year, especially, we do it all the time, but especially now where we can really publish Jesus Christ, so we can make a big deal out of God. Amen? So thankful for that today and, and uh, just this holiday and everything that this holiday represents and so good. You know, sometimes I just kind of get lost in it and I know I'm supposed to be doing all this other stuff and, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot, but it's just because it's so precious to me and it's so amazing and so great and uh, I'm so thankful for um, Jesus. Amen. I'm really, uh, I don't know if we can go really a little bit, any but further here in the meeting and just I just really want to pray and thank the Lord for today and as we pray one of the first things the Bible says that we come into his gates with thanksgiving amen and just thanking the Lord for every blessing that he's blessed us with you know some of us don't give God credit enough amen we think well we did, got that and we did that and but how many know we get on our knees and when we're in trouble <laughs> we go to God we're in trouble but I want to take a moment and let's just thank the Lord for his goodness amen father we just come before you today we thank you for all that you have done Lord everything that you've done in our lives but Lord not only that I praise you for who you are because you are Savior you are God you are the Lord who saves you are our God and we praise you God because you're amazing you're mighty you're strong you are the greatest Lord you there's no other God above you and Lord you love us with an everlasting love and because of your love and your mercy Lord I'm here today amen I thank you for that Lord today and I give you praise and I Lord I don't come from a heart of uh, criticism or unthankfulness but a heart of joy and a heart of thanksgiving Lord because Lord it's you who gave me breath it's you who gave me life and it's you who give me new mercy today and I thank you for that we give you all the praise and all the glory and everybody said Amen. How many believe that Jesus is the Savior King? Amen. Jesus is the King who saves. Amen. How many know what the name of Jesus means? Amen. It's, it's translated in Hebrew, uh, uh, Yahshua, but it's also, uh, you know, uh, Jesus in the Greek, and it means the Lord is salvation. Amen. The Lord saves. The Lord helps. The Lord rescues. The Lord heals. Amen. How many believe he's the God that saves? Amen. He's the God that saves. Hallelujah. And so, so thankful for that today, that every time you speak the name of Jesus, you're saying the Lord who saves, salvation. How many believe salvation is his name? 
Amen. Healing is his name. Amen. Redemption is his name. Hope is in his name. Holiness is his name. Righteousness is his name. How many of you know there's joy in the name of Jesus? Amen. Come on, there's joy in Jesus. There's redemption and salvation in Jesus. And I love that about the Lord, that when I just say the name of Jesus, I'm saying the Lord who saves. <laughs> I'm reminding everyone else of myself, amen. I don't know, just, it's not just about, you know, the man upstairs or whatever. No, it, it's the God who saves, amen. He's the God that saved me when I needed saving. Hello, anybody? All right, it's going to be a good Palm Sunday. Love it. Amen. Love that. I remember uh, getting palms, you know, and you would walk people in the face, you know, before you left church and you got that palm. We're not going to do that today. Amen. We're just going to wave our hands and amen and praise the Lord who saves. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, not my text, just sharing, the Bible says uh, the angel of the Lord told Mary, name your child Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. Amen? How many know the name of Jesus? That's what it means. It means the Lord who saves, the Lord our salvation. Amen? The Lord who saves. That's why it's so important that we tell people about Jesus because we're telling them about salvation. We're telling them about the God who saves. Amen? And his name means salvation. But you know, in order for you to be saved, you've had to been dying. In order for you to be rescued, you've had to fall. In order for you to get healed, you've had to been sick. Hello. In order for you to get pardoned, you'd had to be guilty first. Hello. I mean, that's what salvation is all about. It's not just like being belonging to a big club. Amen. And then one day we just might go to heaven and, and, and hang out in this community of believers. No. It's about the God who saves, knowing the God who saves because I need saved. Amen. Anybody? Amen. So how many know we need saved, right? And the Bible says that Jesus is named salvation because he's going to save people from their sin. Amen. The Bible says that this is why Jesus came. He came to forgive us of our sins. He's the God who saves. He's the Savior King. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad that nobody else can do it? Only he can do it. Amen. You couldn't save yourself. You couldn't do enough. Amen. Good works, good things. Amen. You, you know, you just can't do that. Amen. You just couldn't do that. Just no way you could save yourself. It was impossible for you to save yourself. Amen. It's impossible for any world system to save you and give you eternal life. Only Jesus Christ could save you. But in order for you to get pardoned, you had to be guilty first. How many believe that? How many have ever just lift your hand to heaven and say, Lord, I was the guilty one? I was the one in that courtroom, amen, I was the one, amen, and you came in and you took my place, amen, and you stood in front of that judge and said, I'll take the sentence for him, amen, and you let me go free. How many know he's a savior and he's the king, amen, and we save, serve a God that saves, amen, and heals and helps, amen, this morning, I love that. First John chapter 2 says, I'm going to read a few scriptures and get into this message this morning. But 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, if you'll turn or click there, it says this, speaking of Jesus. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Reading out of the NIV. And not only our sins, but also the sins of the whole world. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 10. This is what real love is. It is not our love for God. It is God's love for us. Man, we could stop right there, and, and, and that would be amazing. But it goes on, and it says, And God sent his son to die in our place to take away our sins. 
Amen. How many know we needed saving because we were dying? You don't need saved if you're not dying. You don't need rescued if you haven't fallen. Come on. You, you don't need freed if you're not in bondage. If you're not in prison, you don't need freed. Is that right? But how many know we needed healed, we needed freed, we needed pardon, amen? And so by the blood of Jesus, we have that in Jesus Christ, amen? He is the Savior King. He, he's the King who saves us, amen? And then one more scripture, Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses 12 and 14. I love this scripture. I've always loved this scripture. I probably read it like eight times during this time of the year. I don't know why. I just love it so much because I believe it says so much. But in Colossians chapter 2, verses 12, I'm not going to read the whole thing. You've got to read the whole thing to put this into the context, and, but I think this is enough. In verse 12, it says, Having been buried with Christ in baptism, in which you were also raised with Christ through faith in the working of God, who raised Jesus from the dead. When you were dead in your sins... Come on, you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us of all our sins. And, and in verse 14, I love this one. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebt indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it all away, nailing it to the cross. This is why we're excited today. This is why we're raising our hands and singing and shouting, amen, especially during this time because how many know all the handwriting of the ordinances, all the debt that was against you, Jesus took that and nailed it to the cross, amen. Hallelujah. I love that about the Lord. There's certificate of debt that was against you. And it didn't just say that it was against you. It said it condemned you. It was hostile towards you. It wasn't just something that was written up about you. It was something that was going to condemn you. Amen. Isn't that amazing? And so let's go back to Jesus, the saving king, as we see this and how Jesus came to save us from our sins. I think the big question here really today that I want to ask and I want to really cover thoroughly and then really reveal something else in that scripture, and that is this, what is sin? It's a good question, isn't it? I've heard a lot of people give de definitions of sin. Sin is, uh, I've heard people say that sin is anything that doesn't glorify God. Sin is something that if you know it's wrong to do and you do it, that's sin. Sin is something that hurts other people. Uh, I've heard all, all kinds of different definitions. And then I've also really listened to people that don't believe there's really any such thing as sin. It's just kind of like mistakes and flaws and we all have it you know we're all there we're all on our journey you know there's no real such thing as sin because you know who's to say you know you're wrong I'm wrong Who, who's to say that right I mean and then if you really kind of ask people you think well obvious it's the you know sin would be you know you know a serial killer you know I mean that would be sin right I mean the real heinous crimes and 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 sins against humanity I mean that's got to be sin but how many of you know the Bible is very clear on what sin is? And I believe that I want to be clear today about what sin is. Because if I'm not clear about sin, how am I going to know what righteousness is all about? Right? If I don't think I'm guilty, then why do I need a pardon? If I don't think I'm lost, why do I need to be found? Hello? If I don't think I'm in bondage, why do I need to be free? What's the, what's the, you know, and so I believe that there's a lot of Christians who don't really see grace as being sweet because they don't see sin as being bitter. I mean, no, when you see sin as bitter, you'll know grace is sweet. 
Amen. When you've been in, in prison of sin and you've been in the oppression of sin and you've been under the addiction of sin, you'll understand what it means when you're free. <laughs> you'll know what it means when you're really set free by the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. Where you don't have that compulsion, that obsession, that voice calling you anymore and drawing you to hurt your body, hurt other people. Come on. You know what it's like to be free. So you've got to know what it's like to be in sin. Is that right? Amen. The words for sin, several of the words in the Bible for sin are transgression and trespass, iniquity, disobedience, unrighteousness, wickedness, and evil. And there's other things that kind of describe it, but those are the main words that you find in the Word of God that talk about sin, uh, transgression, and trespass. And, and, and you do a big study on it and definitions and everything, you'll find it. It's all through the Old Testament and New Testament, all those words. And then all those meetings are there too. But I like in John 8, 34, Jesus said, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 19 says this about and gives us the picture, the larger picture about sin. It says, for as by one man's disobedience, that was Adam, right, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Who is that one? It's Jesus, the saving king. Amen. The only one that could do it. Amen. And so I love that. And so we look at these definitions of sin. And it doesn't really matter what my definition would be and the best guess I would do. I have to go by the word of God, right? I have to go by what the Bible says sin is. I can't just say, well, uh, you know, because how many know we judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. And all of us have good intentions, right? And we would never put ourselves in that category, but we put a lot of other people in that category, right? But how many of the Bible does it right straight across the board, and it gives us that one definition, that clear definition, I should say, of what sin is, so we all know that we're sinners and we need grace. Amen. And that's what's so good about it. But some of the definitions you'll see over and over, and they repeat themselves over and over through all these seven different words that I gave. These, these uh, definitions are really kind of all the same. They all point this a couple same a couple things. Number one, to commit an offense. I mean, that's obvious, right? To miss the mark. We've heard that. We miss the mark. And not just a little bit. <laughs> this isn't just like, ah, I was just off a little. I almost, I was good enough. I was good enough. I was just a little sinner. I was just a little, did a little sin. How do you know? When you miss the mark, you miss the whole thing. And you don't just miss it a little bit. You miss it a lot. These definitions don't mean just a little. They mean grossly. You miss it a lot. In fact, the one definition means gross injustice. We committed gross injustice before God. That's what it means to sin. It's, a, it's, it's to bear the blame. Lawless. That's what a, another word is. In the dictionary, it says in a, in a, it's an immoral act considered to be a transgression against a law, rule, code of conduct, especially a divine law. Right? It's a deliberate and purposeful violation. Again, it's a gross injustice. And as you go through these scriptures and these, realize that it's not just a little bit. It's, it's, this, is, this is big. This is huge. This One word means treachery. I mean, it's, it's really a serious offense. It's not just a little bit. You know, of course, we get the word trespass, right? And how many know in the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, Jesus told us, forgive us our trespasses. We forgive others their trespass. Of course, we know what trespass is. You go on other people's property without permission, right? That's trespass. But it also means, it, 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 it speaks of you commit offense against, against a person 
or a thing, you, you commit an offense on purpose against them. You're trespassing. That's what it means. Transgression and iniquity and all these words. Really, so sin is missing the mark. Iniquity is premeditated sin. And transgression is living in the constant state of sin. Wow. Whether physically or mentally, you're constantly in the state of sin. Here's what the Bible says clearly about sin. It says in 1 John, all wrongdoing is sin. Okay? I mean, that's pretty clear, isn't it? Right? All wrongdoing is is sin. I know this is supposed to be Palm Sunday and we're supposed to be shouting, but hopefully at the end we'll be excited. All right, or happy at least. Amen. No, just kidding. In James, he says this, that whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. Right? Romans 14, 23, the, later, the latter part of that verse, it says, for whoever does not, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Whatever's not of faith is sin. In 1 John, again, he repeats and, and goes a little bit further, and he says, whoever commits sin violates the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Or it says this, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You want to be free from sin. You don't want to have rules. It's what it is. It's you, you're breaking or violating. You're stepping across. You're, you're deliberately going against and breaking and violating a code, rule, or law that's been established, right? Again, I want to make this clear. Sin is not a mistake. But when the Bible talks about the sin, because we talk about that. Well, I've got a character flaw, right? It's not a character flaw, Right? I mean, we all make mistakes, don't we? We all got character flaws. We got this. And the Bible talks, that's not what he's talking about. Because I put, I've had people say, well, we're, we're, all, we're all, you know, sinners. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. You know, we all struggle. Yes, that's true. But this is a totally different uh, definition. This is totally different. God's dealing with sin. He's not dealing with, you know, you were late to a meeting. You, you know, uh, you've got character flaws. You know, you sleep in. You do this. You don't show. Come on. Those are, those are, are, are not sin. Right? That's not sin. And so, uh, but yet we don't want to soft pedal uh, what sin is and say that character, you know, that, that, you know, it's just a flaw. It's just a mistake. We have to put it where the Bible puts it. It is a serious offense. It is a serious violation. So, right? And so one of the things I wanted to point out to you today, and again, I want to go through this, and that is sin is a legal issue with God. Now listen, it is. So let's, read your, if you read your Bible, and you'll see all through the Bible, many times the Bible, when it talks about sin and sacrifices and forgiveness of sin and mercy, it is literally putting those things in legal terms. It uses legal, act, uh, legal language the, 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 you know, to describe, and these practices, legal practices and principles. So it literally defines sin and forgiveness as in legal terms. Did you know that? Did you realize that? So the Bible says in Isaiah, come let us reason together. Though your sins be scarlet, they shall be made white as stone. Snow. That word reason is a, an agreement, a legal agreement. Like you, you would sign a, a contract or you would sign this vow between somebody. Okay, I won't hurt you, won't hurt me. You know, that type of thing. Like I'll stay on my property, you stay on yours. That's what it means to reason with the Lord or together, as the Bible says. Jesus came, the Bible says that when Jesus came, he came to give his life as a ransom for many. That's a legal action, right? Legal, legal transaction, a ransom. 
What did he tell uh, Abraham? I'm going to make a covenant with you. Then what did he tell uh, Moses? He said, eventually I'm going to make a new covenant with you. That's a contract. Hello, right? Everybody get it, right? So there's legal terms here that he's using, and he's going through this. And so when we talk about sin, one of the things we have to understand is that sin is both a legal and a moral, moral issue with God. Okay? So it is a legal and a moral issue with God. Let me explain. So it's both illegal to do, right? It's a violation against God. And it's both immoral in the eyes of God. Why? Because it's a legal violation, right? It's a legal violation that you commit. And it's a moral failure in your heart. So it is both legal and moral to God. Right? So that's what it is. And so that's why it's so important. Um, and also to look at the life of why Jesus came. Because it takes... If it's a legal issue, then it takes mercy and justice to set you free. Right? But how many know the Bible says that Jesus is full of grace and truth? Jesus is both merciful and just. He is that merciful judge. He is that just judge. He is that fair and altogether righteous, perfect judge. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. And so that's what it means. And so it's both a legal and a moral issue. And it takes the mercy and justice to set us free. Notice that one definition, lawless, lawlessness. When Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, or those who practice lawlessness. Right? That's what he's saying. So lawless is that willful act or thought from our sinful heart. That's lawless. Because it's in our nature to want to be free from law, free from rules. I want to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. Everybody been hearing that lately? You can do what you want. You can call yourself whatever you want at any time, okay, and everybody's got to be okay with that, right? How many know the, the greatest scripture in the satanic Bible is do what thou wilt? Why? Because there's something very evil about selfishness and pride. Is that right? And so that is the definition of sin and against the Lord and against God. And so it is both illegal and immoral. But it's this lawlessness in our fallen nature. That's why we need to be saved. That's why we need to get baptized. That's why we need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because we need to take on a new nature. Amen. His nature. A nature of righteousness and holiness and purity. Not my holiness. I can't do that. But it's His. Amen. Not my goodness. But it's His goodness. Come on somebody. It's not my righteous acts before God that saves me. It's His righteousness. Amen. My righteousness is filthy. Dirty. It doesn't work. It's no good. I mean I can try to be good for a week and that's about it. Amen? And I need the king who saves. I need the savior king. I need to be rescued. I need to be saved. I need to be pardoned because I'm guilty of sin. Amen. Right? Let me just say this real quick before we move on. How is sin measured? What do we measure it by? Do we measure it by our culture? Do we measure it by, well, it's not as bad anymore to do that. Like, you know, I know there's the Ten Commandments, but, you know, that, that's kind of old right now, and we're kind of beyond that, so we don't measure it by that anymore. We just kind of measure it by how we feel now, and we take a census about, you know, how everybody feels about that and everything. And no, how many know we measure the, the, the uh, sin by the law of God? Amen? We measure sin by the law of God. Amen. It's not my law. It's not, amen, your, your law, your rules or whatever. It's God's law. 
in the very beginning, God established his law. And at the very beginning, man disobeyed and violated that and went against that willfully. And that brought sin into the world. Come on. Amen. And until that point, amen, sin is a violation of what? God's law. Not church rules. God's law. Hello. Amen. Not what people try to put on you and tell you, well, you can't do this and that's sin. No, it's what God's law says. Amen. That's what, that's what determines sin. That's what measures sin. It's the law of God. Amen. And I love the law of God. I love it. Amen. Because it brings, amen. How many know the law of God is only painful to those who are guilty, to those who are rebellious, those who are lawless, who don't like it? <laughs> but how many know for those who love it, it works? It works for me, amen. It's on my side, and I'm on this side, right? And so that's how we feel about it. But sin came into the world because of the breaking of that law, the violation of that law, that illegal and immoral action towards God. That's what sin is, and that's what brought it into the world. And we know this, and what the Bible teaches us about it, is that every sin is a sin of disobedience to God. You know, it, and, and I wanted to go in and just say this, that sin is not even a matter of passion, we think sin is a matter of pleasures and passions. No, it's a matter of priorities. That's why the most important, what? The number one commandment Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, because it's about priority. That he's God. Then I worship him and him alone. Hello? Amen. I don't, I don't bow down to statues, and I don't do this, and I only pray to him. I only serve him. I only worship him, right? He's the only true living God. So that's why, because, amen, because it's not a matter always about, yes, there is pleasures and there is passion involved there, but that's not what it's about. It's about priorities. When your priorities are out of order, when your priorities are, are lost, when they're broken, when they're sick, when they're in captivity, when your priorities, come on, are not right, then your heart isn't right. Amen? Amen. And so, and, and where does the Bible say that sin reigns? Sin reigns in our hearts. As much as I, I don't want to admit it sometimes, it's in our hearts. The Bible says the heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked, and no one knows it but the Lord. Amen. And so sin reigns in our hearts. So you need something deep cleaning. You need something that is, is powerful enough to clean your heart from sin. It's one thing to be good on the outside. Okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to look good in front of everybody. But how many know if it's in your heart, amen, you're dirty all the way through? That's what the Bible says, amen. So we need something clean, uh, powerful enough and strong enough to clean us from our hearts, to save us in our hearts, to deliver us in our hearts, to set us free in our hearts, amen. amen. And I love this because the Bible makes it clear that there, there is sins that you do against your own body. Not just against people or God, but against your own body. And then it says that there sin, there's one sin that is unforgivable. And it also tells us that not all sins are measured the same. Amen? Not all measured the same. There are some sins that are very, very serious. Very, uh, we don't have time to get into that and, and everything. But we, all, we know this. We know that all sin is forbidden. And we also know this. We also know that all sin is punishable by death. Come on, come on, I'm just being real this morning. Can we be honest this morning? I mean, this is what we believe, isn't it, right? I mean, the Bible says in Romans that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages, the payment, the end of it. Sin lasts for a season. It's a pleasure for a season. But at the end of that season, when that's over, it brings forth 
death. Sin can never bring forth life, any way, shape, or form. It can never forge life. It can never create life or breed life. Sin will always, always, always bring death. Amen. But guess what? If you're dying, then you can be saved. If you're fallen, you can be rescued. If you're sick, you can be healed. If you're bound, you can be free. If you're guilty, you can be pardoned. Amen? Come on, somebody. If you're guilty, you can be pardoned. And I don't know about you, but I need the pardon of, of God. When I was 16 years old, I needed, uh, amen, I knew at that point I was so guilty. And I knew that I couldn't do it. There was nothing that I could do to save myself or get myself out of the trouble I was in until I called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, amen, because I was dying, Amen. And so the Bible makes it clear that the wages of sin is death. Let's go back to the scripture in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says that Jesus took on our sin. And not just my sin, but and your sin, but the sin of the whole world. It also makes it clear that he didn't just take my sin, but he also took the sin from Adam all the way to his time. That's a lot of sin. <laughs> That's a lot of people. That's 4,000 years worth. I mean, that's a lot, isn't it? And he carried the sin. He, he bore our sickness. He took our burdens. You were never designed. You're designed to carry something, but it's not sin. When God created you, you were never created to carry sin. But because you were born into it, you began to carry sin, right? And how many know Jesus carried sin for you so you don't have to bear sin on, by yourself or even at all, but Jesus wants you to take his yoke on you. He wants you to take on his burden, which is light, not sin, which is heavy. And he's here to set us free, amen? But it says this, that Jesus took, amen, I love this, he, he canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. He canceled it. Wow. He, he, the charges that proved against you, that were proven, right? Which stood against us, condemned us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Those were the handwritten of the ordinances, those handwritings of ordinances, he says. So if sin is a legal issue, if the sacrifice and is, of the blood of Jesus is a covenant, a contract, a promise, a, a, come on, that God makes with us, amen. And this is a legal issue. How many know sin is a legal issue? Then you had a lot of sin stacked up against you. You had a lot of documents and a lot of proof that pointed to you as the guilty party of sin. Amen? That's right. so that, and that's what it is. And so the things in the Old Testament, we see that they, they begin to establish and show us this judiciary system of God was found in the Old Testament and it was re revealed at the cross. There was, a, there was a bunch of legal stuff going on at the cross. Amen. There was a lot of stuff going on when Jesus died. Amen. And all those 4,000 years came together. The Bible says that the Old Testament sacrifices only appeased the court of heaven. They did not complete the payment that was necessary for man's sin. Why? Because it took a man's life and nobody was worthy to do that. So God said, okay, I'll tell you what, until there's a man that's worthy, a life for a life, you've got to sacrifice animals, you've got to do these ceremonies, you've got to do these things, and that will appease the court of heaven. But guess what? This payment is so high, this price is so great, no human on their own, amen, can pay this price. You can't do anything to pay this price. Come on. 
But it took God, amen, somebody who was fully God and fully man, amen, to pay the price that was needed, amen, for our sin and our disobedience and our sickness and disease. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so what was required, what was required was a legal transaction. That's what was required. There was a legal transaction that was required that was recognized by the, the how many know, it was the, not just the court of heaven, but it's the DOJ of heaven. The, come on, how many know, and he's the great judge that sits over, amen, the system in heaven, amen. And God required a legal transaction. He said, you just can't, you know, just give me a little handshake. No, this is going to have to take something that's written in blood. This is something that's going to have to take a covenant, something that's going to have to take a contract that's binding, that's eternal, that's strong is God. Amen. And it took a legal transaction recognized by heaven. Amen. A sinless man. That's what it took. And the Bible says that Jesus was that sinless man. Jesus was the spotless lamb. Amen. Before the foundation of the world. The Bible says that he was in the world. Amen. And, but the world wasn't in him. He was in the world, but he did not sin. He was sinless. Amen. He was the spotless lamb of God. The Bible says in Revelation that all the angels cry out, worthy is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He's the only one that can do that transaction. He's the only one. And so for 4,000 years, they waited for that one. I know there's one coming. There's going to be a man. He's going to be manifested from God. He's going to be sent from God. He's going to be the lineage of David. And he's going to be worthy. Man, we can't wait for that day. Amen? And so because of the curse of sin, there was punishment that fit the crime. How many know what I'm talking about? The punishment fit the crime. Hell. Hello. But there was nobody that could free us from that. It required a sacrifice that no one could give. The Bible says that there was the handwritings against me. The handwritings against me. And so this morning I have these boxes that... When you come into court, a lot of times they'll bring these boxes and these files, and all these files represent all the files that were written about me, against me. I mean, think about it. Every, this is filled with stuff that from, from the time I was born, there was a case file out. There was a file that started. I, I, I was in the system. <laughs> the moment I was born, the Bible says that we've all, I mean, we're born into sin, and all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Think about it. And so here you are, you know, before the Lord, you stand before the Lord, and amen, there's handwritings against you. Every act was recorded, and every act counted against you. Yeah, but I'm a good person. No, because here's the thing. Here's the injustice about what I call the Department of Sin and Death, or the DOSD, right? Department of Sin and Death. Here's the injustice. If you do one sin, you're still guilty of eternal death. If either of you committed one sin, the Bible says you're guilty of all. As if, you're, as if you did it all. Come on. Now, aren't you glad that the Bible says that Jesus was innocent, but the Lord considered him and put on the sins of us all as if he did it all, but he never did it, and yet you did it all, and he wants to say as, and make your life as if you never did it. That's a pretty good exchange, isn't it? So all these case files are against you. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. There, there's a lot of stuff against us, right? There's a lot of things against you. Amen. Think about it. I mean, you've got your, uh, 
You know, you've got all these case files against you. You've got a rap sheet that's a, a mile long. You've got 50, you know, blocks of paper trail. You've got your fingerprints all over the place. Your DNA evidence is everywhere. Think about it. There's video surveillance. There's audio surveillance. There's key witnesses that put you at the place at the time. Come on. Your social media posts tell you were there. Your text messages tell you were there. Amen. And every sin that you sin and every case that you're involved with, you had the means, motives, and opportunity. It's all right there. I mean, you are guilty, guilty, guilty. I mean, no, you can either ignore it, try to fight it, pay off the judge. That's not happening. Or you can realize, wow, I didn't realize all this was against me. These, all these handwritings were against me. Every thought, every, every motive, every deed was written against me. Think about it. And the Bible says that it wasn't just your files. It wasn't just your sin. It wasn't just the violation that you committed. Come on, all the traffic tickets and everything. It's not in there about you, but the Bible says it's not just your sins. It's the sin of the whole world. I mean, there's office buildings after office buildings and warehouses and warehouses filled with all these files of all the sins of all humanity. And the Bible says that Jesus, with his one act, amen, took all those files, all those sins, all the handwriting of the ordinances, all the debts, all the, all the violations of sin, and all of those together, the Bible says he nailed them to the cross. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that good? Amen. So all the evidence that was against you, that goes away. It just goes away, right? Amen? And so every, you can look at there. I don't know about you, but if, if they started wheeling all these files and they started putting them on the, on the desk of the attorney, you'd probably be in trouble, right? You'd think to yourself, wow, I didn't realize it was that bad, right? Amen? And that's what we see. We see our sin before God. It's more than we can fight for. It's more than we, we, we can't. And there is a payment for this, by the way, that you can't afford. And they're, they're not cutting a deal with you, by the way. There's no plea deal here. You, you're, you're going up the creek. And not only that, but you have a prosecutor that wants to see you die forever in jail. Forever in eternity. You have a prosecutor that's trying to put you away for eternity. And he's coming after you. And he's using every, everything he can, amen, as an accuser. He's coming after you to put you away. And guess what? There's nothing you can do about it. All those are against you. Everything puts you there. You've got the means, motives, and opportunity. You've got the DNA. You've got the fingerprints. You've got eyewitness accounts. You've got video surveillance. You've got yourself doing a FaceTime saying, I did it. Right? Come on. All these things are against you, the Bible says. Think about it. And it didn't matter what you did. You're guilty of this eternal punishment. Separation from God. Well, I didn't think I was that bad. I, I'm a good person. If you look through those files, you'll see I'm kind of a good person. All of that goes away because of sin. The, nobody looks at how good you were. Everybody looks at that. Everybody sees that. That's what, that's what eternity sees right there. That's what, that's what we see. Come on, somebody. You don't see that you were good and you were nice and you gave a nickel to the Salvation Army at Christmas time and the, you know, all that. No, no, none of that. None of that is counted. None of that. Throw all that away. Throw all your good works away. It doesn't count. That is what matters. Because that is a violation against God. You, there is a legal, immoral violations of God. And it's a lot. And we're going to go through it one by one. And we're going to name it. And we're going to talk about it. And, you, and you, you're just sitting there. Oh, 
Think about it. But how many know Jesus comes in to the courtroom? Aren't you glad that Jesus comes in? And I want to just say this. I'm so thankful that 2,000 years ago, Jesus cut, amen, a redemption deal. Oh, yeah. Amen. He amended the old law and brought in a new law. It's called the law, amen, of Christ Jesus that sets me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. He amended the old law by hanging on the cross. And he said, I'm going to bring a new covenant now, a new contract we're going to sign. It's called a redemption deal. Amen. And I love it because it's only one little file. Amen. One piece of paper. And I love it because on it it says, pardon. Amen. And hallelujah. And so he says, I'll take all these files. I'm going to walk out of this, all this. You just put this to my charge and I'm going to exchange it for my redemption deal. I'm going to let you walk out of this court today, forgiven, pardon, and all the stuff, all the evidence. I'm going to burn it. I'm going to forget about it. I'm never going to bring it up again. Amen. It's as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says he separates our sins from us. Amen. Aren't you glad this morning that you've got a redemption deal in Jesus Christ? Because he's the Savior King. He's the saving King. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a new contract, the Bible says. This is a new deal. And when do you want to find out what's in it? Right here it is, right here. Here's the law book right here. You want to, this explains all, all the things, and it talks a little bit about my past, but not much. It just says that I was a sinner. That's all it says. But man, it describes everything I am now and everything I can do, and it describes my freedom and all the rights that I have in Jesus Christ and everything I can do and say right here. It's in this book. Amen? Aren't you glad for the redemption deal that Jesus gave us? Amen. There was handwriting, those ordinances, violations, and immoral acts. But Jesus stood up and said, I'll take those on myself. Amen. The Bible says that he was sinless. He knew no sin, but God made him sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we can walk out, amen, to that courtroom of heaven and say, I've been set free, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm saved, I'm, I'm free, amen. How many believe that Jesus saves us from our sins? How many believe that he's the saving king? He's the delivering king. He's the healing king. And everything that was against us is nailed to the cross because of what Jesus did. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to throw your hands up and just say, God, thank you for your redemption deal. Thank you for your pardon, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was guilty, but Lord, I had nothing to say, but you stepped in and you took my place and you gave me a redemption deal today. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just stand on your feet today. Amen. This is forgiveness of sins. This is the pardon that we're talking about today. Amen. That Jesus is the saving king. He's the king that pardons our sin. Amen. And he writes a binding contract in blood. Forgiveness of sins. I'm going to tell you something so powerful about this today. I want to just leave you with the Bible says that I'm bought with a price. I'm no longer my own. I'm bought with a price. How many know that's a legal transaction? I'm not my own. (laughs) I don't make, I don't have to make my own decisions. Amen. I don't have to try to, you know, try to make myself good. I don't need to try to make myself righteous. I'm in his righteousness, his goodness. Amen. His, because of what he did at Calvary, I'm made right before God. And now I can go to the DOJ in heaven. And bring my piece of paper, my contract, 
It said, amen, once I was blind, but now I'm, I can see. Once I was lost, but now I'm found because of what Jesus did for me at Calvary. Amen? How many believe you've been justified? You know what justified means? Just if I've never sinned. Can you imagine, amen, seeing some of your old friends? You need to tell them, I've been justified. What do you mean? You're going you're gonna to go away for a long time. No, I've been justified by the blood of Jesus. Just if I've never sinned. Oh, but I know who you were, and I know how bad you were. No, 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 you don't understand. The slate is clean. When you type it, when they look it up in heaven, it doesn't say, he did this, this, and this. He's wanted for this. He's wanted. It just says pardoned. <laughs> pardoned by the blood of Jesus. Redeemed. Amen. By the blood of Jesus. Free. Amen. By the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I want to just encourage you this morning that, as the Bible says, that Satan is called the accuser. He's called the accuser. What he wants to do is he wants to bring this back up. He wants to remind you, say, you know what, and fill you with shame again. Fill you with regret again. Fill you with this. But how many know he's only a, an accuser that wants to get you back in court and get you under that penalty of sin again? But guess what? I've got my pardon. It's not going to happen. Amen. This law book right here says, amen, you can't touch me anymore. You don't belong. I don't belong to you anymore. Amen. My soul, amen, is being renewed day by day. My spirit has been born again. I've been baptized in water, filled with the Holy Ghost, and my home is in heaven. And my father is God, the one who saved me. You can't touch me anymore. Go ahead and accuse me all you want to. Go ahead. Try to make me feel guilty for what I did. Try to bring it up before my past and everything. But I've got news for you. The Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, forever making intercession for me. You know what that means? He's pleading my case even now. Every time the devil brings this little slip of paper that says, I need to see him in court. I'm going to indict him for this. The Bible, the Bible makes it clear that Jesus is my lawyer. Jesus is pleading my case before the Father. Amen. And how many know he's righteous, he's good, he's merciful, and it's by his mercy that I've been set free. And so I don't live by that anymore. I live by this, this contract that I have with the Lord. I live by this document that I've been made, this covenant that I have with God. Amen. That I've been set free. And how many know whoever's been set free is free indeed? You know what that means? I don't ever want to go back. I'm never going back. I'm never going back. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm never going back. All right? I'm never going back. I'm I mean, that was great. All right? I liked their pizza on Friday. Amen? And it was great playing chess with the boys in the yard. But I'm never going back. I'm never going back. Amen? Because I have been pardoned. I've been set free by the one who saves. Amen? It's so important that people in your life know this. It's so important that people hear this. It's so important that they see this in your life. That you are set free. You are pardoned by the one who set you free. By the king, amen, who saves. Amen. Today, do you need saved? Do you need rescued? Do you need healed? Do you need delivered? Amen. Accept Jesus Christ as the Savior King. The one who died in your place. You know what the Bible says in Isaiah? It says this, that he was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for what? My iniquity. For my illegal, my immoral acts towards God, Jesus took it upon himself. Think about it. Who knew no sin, yet became sin, that I might become free, the righteousness of God, that I might be pardoned, that I might be now right before God. I don't know about you today, but if you need saved and rescued, call on the name of Jesus. 
believe that Jesus is, that he died 2,000 years ago, that he walked this earth, and right now he's real, he's living, and he's coming back. And if you call on his name and you say, Lord, if you're real, I just, I, I just want you to show yourself to me, but I believe in you. I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you are my Hamashiach, you, the, I, the, 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 the Yahshua Hamashiach, you, you are my God, that you are my Messiah. I believe in that, Lord, today. I believe that you're my Savior King. And Lord, I, I see all the sin that I've committed, but I, Lord, I just say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me because of my sin. Amen. And I receive that today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? You can accept Jesus Christ by repenting of your sins, and all that simply is is saying, I forsake all this, and I pick up the redemption deal. Amen? Through repentance. That's what it is. And so I don't know if that's you today. If you want to pray, we'd like to pray with you. If you'd like us to pray with you and need prayer, or like to talk about who Jesus is and what he's doing in your life, we just want to pray with you right down front here as we leave. Amen. And if you have a need in your body, maybe sickness, we want to pray with you today. Amen. But I don't know about you, but I want, I want to encourage you. Be on a mission. Tell somebody about the saving king this week. Tell somebody about, amen, the king who saves, the savior king, the one who saves, the one who sets free. Amen. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. And I am so thankful today, Lord, that I have this document, this covenant with you. Amen. This pardon from heaven. Amen. This forgiveness of my sins today. Lord, I don't ever want to take it for granted. I don't ever want to get to a place where I ignore it. Amen. But Lord, I thank you that, Lord, when the enemy comes around, that, that old prosecutor comes around, Lord, I can get out, amen, this, this book. And I can begin to open and tell him all the things that you have done for me and all who I am now and all the rights and privileges I have in you through Jesus Christ. Yes. I thank you, Lord. And I give you all the praise. And I glorify the saving King. Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together and say, Lord, thank you today. Thank you today for your saving power.